Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Alrighty, cool. I'm going to start my timer here. I learned that from Merle. <laughs> we'll see if it works or not. But awesome. Cool. Well, I am super excited to be here this morning with all of you. Um, thanks for coming. If you are here for your very first time, welcome. It is awesome to have you joining us. If you have not received a gift, there's a gift for you out in the lobby after the service. Uh, just go to our connections out there, and our lovely person out there will answer any questions you have, give you a free gift, and just kind of talk with you, get you connected here. If you are online and it's your first time, welcome. It is awesome to have you join our community in that way. Um, if you are watching for the first time, you can email us at info at newportchurch.net with any questions you might have. And we also know that sometimes people will watch online before they come and visit. So if that's the case, we look forward to meeting you soon. But yeah, man, there is a lot of anticipation in the room this morning, I feel like. There is a lot that the Lord has already been doing all throughout morning prayer this morning and worship and just kind of uh, even with what Todd brought after worship kind of just is right in line with what I'm planning on speaking on this morning to the point where I might not even preach. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, it's so cool to see the thread of the Spirit, the thread of the Holy Spirit coming to like, this is what I want to do this morning. So uh, with that in mind, with the things that God's already been speaking to you this morning, I'm going to dive in here, but I'd like to start off with prayer, just kind of commit this time to God. <sighs> Holy Spirit, God, you are welcome in this place. Thank you that you are already here encountering each one of us. I pray, Lord, that this morning would not just be some fun event or some part of our week that we need to check off our list, but it would be a personal encounter with you. I pray, Lord, that we would hear things and encounter you in ways that will change the way we do our life to change the way that we live, the way we interact with people, the way we interact with you, that we would leave here this morning with a new revelation that changes our life. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would come and encounter us. Everything that I have prepared here, God, is in your hands. Add to, take from whatever uh, you want to do this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just come and make yourself personal to us, God. The things that we have brought in, the things that we've brought into our relationship with you, that is our own makings, our own things, the things that um, are hindrances, God. I pray that you would help us lay those down. God, hmm. God, I pray Lord, for a hunger. I pray Lord, for a hunger to be released in our hearts for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All righty. So I'm going to start by reading a little bit of a longer portion of Scripture, but not too long. Um, but I feel like it paints a beautiful picture of where we're going to be headed this morning. And that is Psalms 39. I'm going to be reading scriptures or passages throughout all of 139. Um, but as we read through this, really pay attention to the wordage and really the expression of God's heart towards us. So uh, I'm going to start in verse 1 and just read different verses down through. So, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. When I go from, or where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make a bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle far on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me, written in your book, before one of them came to be. How precious to me you, your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where I, can, where I too count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I know it's a longer chunk of scripture there, but as we break this down, we start to see very true attributes of God. We start to see the intimacy that God is longing for us, the fact that he knows us, the fact that he knit us together. He knows us better than anyone knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So this, or the picture that is painted here of God's longing for intimacy is incredible. We see throughout uh, this group of scriptures that we are deeply known by God, that God knows our innermost being. We see that God never leaves us. Uh, all throughout this passage, he's talking about, where can I go? Your presence is always there. I can go to the heavens. I can go to the depth. I can go here or there, and your presence is always there. So even if we wanted to leave the presence of the Lord, we could not. And then we see also that he guides us. He leads us on our way. His hand is on us, and his hand guides us. But then also in this passage, which is so powerful, and kind of the foundation where we want to start today, is not only is this the longing for God's intimacy with us, but we see the psalmist David and his longing for intimacy with the Lord. And we see how he speaks back these words, these truths that he has come to believe in himself and speaks them back to the Lord in an intimate way. We see that David is speaking these truths in a way where it's like, God, you know me. You know my innermost being. He's speaking it back to the Lord saying, I trust you. I know these things are true about you, that you know me. You guide me. You're always there. You won't leave me. You won't forsake me. So we see that beautiful picture of David's intimacy with the Lord. And then um, we also see there at the end of these uh, verses that he ends with these two verses that really, um, yeah, really kind of hit home and like makes you think. If you stop and think and unpack it, um, and that's verse 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. The vulnerability that David puts himself in here is ridiculous. If you really think about it, coming before the Lord of all creation, 
in this intimate way and say, God, here I am. I know that you do know my innermost being, but I give you permission. Search me. Let me know if there's any offensive way in me and guide me in the way everlasting. It's such a powerful picture of what our intimacy with the Lord can look like. So, obviously, if you haven't guessed it yet, uh, the uh, theory, or not the theory, the theme for this morning is intimacy with the Lord. We're going to focus on what it looks like not only to walk in intimacy with the Lord, but how do we, as humans, come into this place where we are walking with the Lord in intimacy? So, good place to start is to look at the word intimacy. Intimacy is a very interesting word, especially in our culture and day and age now. Um, what we, so, like the foundation of intimacy is what we call the experience of fully knowing or really knowing and really being known by another person. And the more we know, the more intimate we become with that person, right? Now, the world has kind of hijacked this word and made it a lot of other things that it's not. Um, one of the most common things is they tie it to sexual relations. It's not that. If you have that context in your mind, get that out. That's not what we're basing it on throughout the scripture that we're going to be through the day in the teaching. Um, that's kind of a hijacked aspect of it. That is a side effect of true intimacy in certain relationships, but that's not what intimacy is. Intimacy is to be known and to know another. So uh, I want to start off um, by reading this passage in Psalms 910. Well, I guess not start off, continue. It says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. See, the foundation of intimacy. If we want to be intimate with someone, there has to be trust. You know, there's tons of different aspects of intimacy. Each relationship is different. But if there's no trust, there's no room for intimacy. Because what happens in intimacy is we have to um, come to this place where we are freely, just as David did to the Lord, saying, here I am. This is my true self. This is who I am. And I'm going to allow you in I'm going to allow you to know me at that level. And the more we do that, the deeper uh, the intimacy becomes. So trust is the foundation for all intimacy. Um, so to practically grow in um, intimacy with the Lord, we need to first look at in, uh, that aspect of trust. So how do we grow in trust with the Lord? First, uh, real practical step is we need to read and reflect on the things of the Lord. Sorry. Cool. Um, so when we are pursuing the Lord, pursuing this intimacy, and we need to come to this place of trust, there's so many things the Bible says. The Bible is jam-packed full of truths about God, truths about God's faithfulness, truths about um, different promises that he has made. But as humans, we're kind of skeptical sometimes of these things. Even if we confess it or not, even if we consciously think of that or not, there's these aspects where we hold back, that we're not fully trusting. Like, are you a loving God? If I confess this sin, are you truly faithful to forgive and to restore and to redeem that area of my life? There's this aspect of broken trust that the world's constantly thrown at us too. You know, it's, um, yeah, painted all over the place in broken family systems and 
um, media, stuff like that, there's just the stuff plastered of, oh, you know, got to look out for yourself, all to your own, stuff like that. Um, but that needs to come down. So the first thing is just reflecting on the promises of God found in Scripture. we got to get in the Word. In Scripture, there is roughly 7,487 promises made from God to man. There's a bunch of other promises from God to Jesus and man to God, but God to man, there's almost 7,500. If we were to take just one of those promises each day and read it back to the Lord and reflect on it, we would have enough promises to last us 20 and a half years from the Lord. One scripture a day of the promises of the Lord. That's crazy to think of, right? Kind of blew my mind. When I did the math for that, I was like, oh, you know, it'll probably be like maybe five years or something, two years. But no, 20 and a half years worth of promises for one promise a day from the Lord. That is incredible. Like, and how many of those do we know and read and believe for ourselves? Um, so if we can get into that practice of getting in the Word and saying, all right, God, what do you say about me? What promises have you made to me? Like, what do you say about your faithfulness? How can I trust you deeper? It's, it's there. We just have to read it and believe it. Um, 1 John 1.9 is one of those promises. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all of my needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing, reading, reflecting on promises. Second thing we can do is read, reflect, and hear stories, testimonies, and scriptures of God's faithfulness. Um, Think of your own life. Where has God come through for you? Like Mike was saying earlier this morning when he started worship, he said, think of those times where God was faithful. Has he healed you? Has he provided for you? Has he protected you? Has he comforted you? Think of all these things that God has done in your personal life and stand on those truths. When you feel like your trust in God is being crippled for something, you're going through something really hard and you're like, oh, I just don't know if I can trust the Lord. Think back, like, no, like God got me through that. He got me through that. He healed me from that. He brought my family through that. And uh, thinking back and recounting and speaking back to the Lord, those things that he has done for you will help you grow in trust in the Lord. Read scriptures of his faithfulness. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. See, so that's another way. Find those scriptures. I didn't do the research to see how many scriptures there are around faithfulness, but I'm sure you have a few years out of those at least, if not way more. Um, so yeah, do that. And then talk to other people. Hear their testimonies. Hear the faithfulness that God has had in their lives as well. Testimonies are incredible resources to grow in our trust in the Lord. So those, number two, read, reflect, and hear stories of the faithfulness of the Lord. And then third, and this one was actually kind of hit on this morning already, and like it really was like, confirmation of the Lord. This is something that God's doing in this time. And I feel like at a broader sense as well, he's kind of bringing it back into the word. Wanda Alja actually released a book on praying the words back, the words of God back to him, praying scripture. So the third thing is pray and speak scripture back to God. There's something powerful when we verbally speak out 
these promises that we've read, these faithfulness, or scriptures on faithfulness that we've read, like when we verbally speak that back to God, it's telling God, I trust what you say, and here is what I trust. This is the scripture that I'm holding on to. This is what I trust about you, God. So praying these back to God is an incredibly powerful thing that God has given us, a tool that God has given us to overcome, you know, doubt, to overcome fear, to overcome insecurities, is we can take these promises, one of those 7,500 some promises, and say, God, you said this, and I'm going to speak it back to you, and this is a promise you have made. And what happens is even when you start doing this, if you don't fully believe what you're saying, if you repeat it over and over again, what's going to happen is your mind's going to start to shift, and you're going to start believing the things of the Lord, the promises that he has made to you. It will shift the way that your heart even believes things. Um, but yeah, that's why heading back to Psalms 139 that I started off with, when David was telling the Lord the things that he believes about him, that God, you know my innermost being. God, you created me. You're always with me. That's why that was such a powerful image of his intimacy with the Lord, is he's saying, God, I trust all of this about you. These things that I'm saying back to you are things that I have come to believe, things that I base my life on. So there is this foundation of intimacy that grows as we start to trust the Lord and start to speak these things back and tell, tell God what you trust about him. Say, God, I trust that you're going to bring me through this hard time. I trust that you're going to comfort me in this grieving. I trust that you're going to strengthen me in this area that I have to walk out in that I feel insecure in. As we speak that back to the Lord, it's going to strengthen our intimacy with him. And then the fourth thing, and this one... None of these are in any kind of order. You can do them in any order, and it's definitely not an all-inclusive list. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of ways um, that we can grow in trusting the Lord. But the fourth one is simply ask. Like, simply in your times of prayer with the Lord, in your communication with the Lord, just ask Him to increase your faith. Faith is, um, yeah, to trust the Lord, you need faith, right? So it's like, God, I'm here. I want to grow in my trust in you, so give me faith. Give me faith where I don't trust you. The areas that I do doubt you, give me the faith to overcome my doubt. Give me the faith to overcome the things of life that are hindering me from trusting you in that area. So that's simply asking the Lord. He loves to give good gifts to his kids, right? right? All right. So that was step one, is growing in our trust in the Lord. And then the second step for intimacy with the Lord is eliminating distractions. And this is a huge one, especially in our time and age, when distractions are not necessarily even sought out, but handed to us on a silver platter. Wherever we go, you're driving down the road, and you might have a five-minute drive, and you see 10 billboards. You know, like, there's distractions everywhere, right? Um, Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. And then 27 here, do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your feet from evil. We must, hear me, we must fix our gaze on the Lord because if we don't, we're going to turn to the right or to the left whether we want to or not. We can passively say we're following the Lord, but if we're not actively pursuing the Lord and keeping our gaze fixed, the distractions are going to get us. No matter how much we say we don't want it, like 
if we're not actively keeping our gaze fixed, our gaze will turn to the right or to the left. So it's so important that we keep our eyes on the Lord. Um, I like to look at it this way, like intimacy with the Lord is good, but there's also intimacy with others in life. Like friendships, there's the levels of intimacy, right? You can walk down the street and meet a total stranger, and there's no depth to that relationship, right? But you have a friend that you've had for 10, 20 years, you've walked through life stuff with, and there's intimacy there. It's not weird. Intimacy, again, remember, there's that worldly view of intimacy, but there's also the godly view of intimacy where it's just knowing and being known, right? So there's friendships, there's intimacy there, there's depth because you've been through things. You've seen how each other react. You see the depth of people, and you're allowed yourself to be seen, right? So I liken this into marriage relationship especially. Uh, when we enter into a marriage relationship or a romantic relationship, dating, whatever, there's this aspect of as soon as you enter into that, all other loves, possibilities for love, uh, all those other distractions of other potential mates or relationships or whatever, they fall away, right? Those distractions are gone because you are fixed on your true love. You are fixed on the one that you love. And uh, the things that you thought were so important in your life suddenly become less important, significantly less important. The certain passions that you have that prior to meeting your true love was like, oh, this is part of me. This passion is like part of my identity. As soon as you enter into a relationship with like your loved one, like there's an aspect of that where it's like, oh, I guess that was just like a fill of my time. You know, like that was just a pastime. Because in comparison to growing in intimacy with your spouse, like it's uncomparable. You know, things don't fill that void anymore. It's now the person that you love, right? The problem that we see with this, and I mean, I'm guilty of it too, is the breakdown from that relationship to the relationship with our God. Why don't we see our relationship with God that same way? Why do we think that we can have a portion of God but still have these other attractions, still have these other things drawing our attention, drawing our love, where we're like, oh, God, we'll give you, you know, whatever. We'll give you Sundays, but then the rest of the week I'm going to pursue these other things. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying we uh, go to some monastery and become monks and nuns and only focus on the Lord, right? Like, maybe some people are called to that, but that's not for all of us, right? But there is this aspect of identifying and removing unnecessary distractions, right? Matthew 6, 24 in the Amplified says, no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon here is money, possessions, fame, statue, or status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. So we cannot say we love the Lord, but then on a Tuesday, stay up all night and pursuing other things, or whatever it is. You know, like, we can't have a double-minded pursuit in life. We're either pursuing the Lord or we're pursuing something else. We have to choose who we're going to serve, who our master is, right? And um, I'm going to step on maybe a few toes this morning, but that's okay because the Lord was stepping all over mine when I was preparing, and I'm going to be stepping on my own toes. So, um, but yeah, how do we expect to grow in intimacy with the Lord when we spend most of our free time 
pursuing media, pursuing TV, shows, sports, hobbies, and we only give God, I don't know, 10 minutes a day, if that. Like, how can we think that we're going to grow in intimacy with the Lord when he's getting our last little bit of the end of the day or, you know, checking off time with him at the beginning of the day, you know, maybe on your drive you talk to him for five minutes on the way to work and then that's that the rest of the day, you know, are these other things. How do we expect that we're going to grow in relationship when that is our motive in life? Um, if I come home from work every day and um, I don't spend time with Hannah, I go and do these other things, our intimacy is going to suffer drastically. Um, now, another aspect, or another level of this, uh, not even an aspect, but another level of this would be um, filling our time with godliness instead of God. Um, this is, this can hit home, you know. Um, there is this aspect where we think that when we put on sermons, we think that when we're just, you know, I mean, hear me out till the end, but reading the Bible or putting worship music on, that that's going to grow our intimacy with the Lord. If that is just something we do without our heart in it, it's not going to equal intimacy. We can, if we started today and we read through the entire Bible every month for the next year, but we don't pray, we don't worship, we don't have our heart in it, we're reading it solely for the words on the page, we can get to the end of the year and be less intimate with God. Reality is, because knowledge does not equal intimacy. All right? We can learn all we want about God, but if we never speak to him, we never spend time in his presence, it's all for nothing, right? Um, back to that illustration with me coming home from work. If I came home from work and there's documentaries and songs and all that about Hannah, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to come home and I'm going to put on my favorite documentary about Hannah Shank, and I'm going to learn all I can about her. You know, I'm going to sing songs about her. <laughs> It might be great, right? But what's going to happen is there's no personal relationship. There's no deepening of a relationship there. And our relationship, not only will it like, stay stagnant, but it will actually, the intimacy will start to dwindle. It will start to get more and more shallow. So I challenge you, don't pursue godliness. Pursue God. That is where intimacy comes from. All right, so that was step two, one of the steps of many, but step two in how to grow an intimacy with God was remove distractions, dial in our focus on the Lord. Step three of intimacy with the Lord is simply spending time with the Father, which we kind of segued in there with that last illustration. Uh, Revelations 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, and this last portion is what I've never really saw in this life before. We've heard this hundreds of times. But the last portion of this says, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. So we've always heard this. I grew up hearing this, you know, a hundred times a year. But, like, I always just thought, oh, this is about salvation, you know? Like, you know, God stands at the door, knocks. If I let him in, you know, great. But it's deeper than that. It's about relationship. 
He doesn't just enter into the door and just stand there. He has dinner with us. He eats with us. And what happens when we eat with people? There's conversation. There's back and forth. There's laughter. There's crying. There's rejoicing with each other. There's talking about the past week, talking about the week to come. That's why, you know, most, the number one most common date night is going out for dinner. You know, you want to get to know a new couple coming to church. You invite them over for lunch. You invite them over for dinner. That's because when you sit around a dinner table with someone, it's an intimate getting to know back and forth personal relationship thing. So that kind of hit me to a new level when I read that scripture this week. Um, Yeah. So how do we grow in spending time with the Father? How do we spend time with the Lord and grow in intimacy in that way? There's... Um, I wrote down three different things that we can look at. One is worship, all right? Psalm 71.8, my mouth is full with your praise and with your glory all day. Worshiping the Lord is similar to like speaking back truths to him, similar to speaking back and praying scripture to him. We can do the same with worship. It's this communication where we are telling the Lord who he is to us. We're telling the Lord what we believe about him. Um, another aspect of worship is we can sing our prayers, too. So we can declare to the Lord who he is, but we can also have this conversation of bringing our requests to the Lord in prayer, too. Um, and then another aspect of prayer that has been so monumental in my life over the years, and it's not always beautiful by any means, but I am a believer that each person has like a soul song, like a song that is in them based on their relationship with the Lord, that when they get into times of worship, whether you're driving in your car, if you don't want people to hear you, most times it's good not to when you're singing these songs to the Lord, but just put on music and just sing what comes to your heart. Sing it back to the Lord, and what will happen is your inner being, that inner being that the Lord knows, will start to come forth in your words, and you'll start to sing things that you're like, wow, like that is something I never thought of, but it will start to come out in this song if we allow ourselves to worship God at that level. And it's such an intimate thing where God will start to release identity through your words about yourself and about him that you've never thought of or knew before, but he'll release this in that heart worship, that worship where we allow ourselves, in a sense, to like prophesy through worship in these times. So worship is a great way to spend time with our Father. Second thing, and this is Bible reading. Again, I made an analogy about reading the Bible. If we started today and read the Bible once a month for the next year with our heart in it, imagine what would happen with our relationship with God. Imagine if each scripture we read, we're like, wow, God, this is the truth about you. Like, this is the truth about me. You really did this. And we read the Bible with that kind of intent. Our relationship with the Lord after a year of doing that, like, I I can't even imagine where it would be, right? So when we spend time with the Lord, it's so important to not just come in and just worship. Like, we need all of what I'm going to be saying here. Like, it's all and. So we need to spend time in the Word. Hear what the Lord has already spoken about you. What the Lord has already spoken in His love letter to us. Um, As you read, um, ask the Lord, you know, before you start reading, say, God, reveal yourself to me through this. Let me know what you're trying to tell me through this. Ask him questions. Have dialogue as you're reading the Bible. You know, he's personal. He's relational. He wants you to ask questions. If you come across a passage, you're like, I have no idea what that means. Like, 
It happens. It happens to me all the time. Like, instead of just glazing over and be like, ah, you know, whatever, it's just a filler verse, actually ask the Lord. Say, what did you mean by this? Like, and he'll be faithful. Like, there will be revelation that comes. So spending time in the Word is a great way to spend time with the Lord. And then the third thing is prayer. Prayer is conversation with the Lord. Um, So recently, I watched a short course uh, taught by Corey Russell. And if you don't know who Corey Russell is, he is, um, yeah, spearheading a lot of intercessor, like intercessory ministry in this day and age and really um, running with that really powerful ministry. Uh, He's with Upper Room in Denver. But, yeah, but the course was on growing your spiritual life. And one of the sessions that he talked on was called How to Spend an Hour with the Lord. Like, that was the title. And as I watched this, it, like, kind of wrecked me in the sense of, like, it's so simple, but we don't get it. Like, or I shouldn't say we don't get it. It's hard to do sometimes, not because of, like the actual hardness of it, but just, you know, take the time. But what's beautiful about this is he does it in a way, he explains it in a way that you can apply it to any amount of time. You can apply it to an hour, hour and a half, 15 minutes. Um, So I'm just going to go through what he talks about and how he breaks down an hour with the Lord that we can have practical tools in our hands when we leave here this morning to be like, hey, this is how I can grow in relationship with the Lord. This is how I can grow in intimacy with the Lord. And I actually think that if we apply this, our prayer life is going to explode. We're going to have um, breakthroughs that we've been asking for for years um, that we'll, we'll see come to pass. Um, so he breaks it down, and again, this is for an hour, but you know, change it for how you need to, is 20-20-20. He breaks it down into 20-minute increments. The first 20 minutes he calls receiving, soaking, listening prayers. He starts off in a posture of receiving from the Lord, you can read a scripture or two, but this time is primarily spent, all right, God, what do you say about me? What do you say about yourself? What are you saying in this time? It's a time of soaking. It's a time of refreshing. It's a time of listening to the Lord. Romans 5.5 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has not, or God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, He's saying in this time, you want to posture yourself, hands open, eyes closed, and allow the love of the Father to pour out over you in the Spirit. And just spending that first 20 minutes, not saying much, just you and the Lord saying, God, I'm here for you. All of the distractions put us away. And what will happen is in this time, you're going to get distracted. There's going to be thoughts that pop in your head, and that's okay. Just practice, okay, nope, oh, nope. And you might have to do that every two minutes the entire first 20 minutes. Maybe you'll have to do that every two minutes the entire hour. But if we're faithful to turn our gaze back to the Lord, not from the right to the left, but gaze on the Lord, he'll encounter us in this time of prayer. So that's the first 20 minutes is soaking and receiving from the Lord. Second 20 minutes, he calls this the magnifying prayer, the exalting prayer. This is where... You spend the next 20 minutes or whatever time you're doing and just speak to the Lord who he is. We did that this morning already in worship. Um, Pick one, two, 20 things about the Lord that you are thankful for about him. 
attributes of the Lord that uh, he displays so well. And speak that back to him. Lift him up, if nothing else, to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. I exalt you. I lift you up. You are holy. And that's what it looks like for 20 minutes. If you need to get up, walk around. Uh, put some action to it. Wake your soul up a little bit, uh, is how he calls it. And another great way of doing this is just praying in your personal prayer language. If that's praying in tongues, awesome. If it's um, worshiping, you know, in an exalting way towards the Lord, do it, all right? So that's that 20 minutes. And then the third 20-minute time frame is what he calls the request time, the time where you bring what's on your heart to the Lord. And what we need to be careful in this that we don't come with a heart of anguish and fear and doubt, because there is that in our, and if we have that, we need to take care of that. We need to bring that to the Lord and say, God, I'm fearing in this way, but we don't want to be like, oh God, like everything is so bad. Like there is an aspect for that. We see it through the Psalms, but there's also this aspect of like coming with faith and power, saying, God, come into this time, come into this thing, this thing that I'm dealing with over here, but then also don't be focused on yourself. Come with a list of prayers. Uh, worship team, you can make your way up a while. I forgot to mention that. Um, but yeah, have a prayer list. Pray for your communities. Pray for your families. Pray for your friends, for nations. Pray for whatever you, know, you hear throughout the week. I encourage you that as you're going through your weeks, if you hear a coworker complaining about something that's really bothering them in life, make a note. Make a mental note and then write it down later and say, you know what? I'm going to pray for them in my time of prayer. So come with that list and pray that to the Lord. It's really important to pray for your families, all right? Fathers, mothers, children, um, siblings, pray for each member of your family. Uh, it's really powerful. Uh, it really spoke to my heart. When Corey said this, he said, every morning I wake up before my family and I lift them in prayer to the Lord because I want my family to wake up in the blessing of the prayers that I have put forth before them. I want them to wake up in the blessing of the Lord. Um, so it's powerful. So in this time, do that. If, you, um, if this is new to you and you've never spent extended amount of time in the Lord, you might have to uh, get into a place where it's easier for you. It might be hard to go down to your living room and try and make this happen. There's places that are focused on prayer. There's Gateway House of Prayer down the street. Um, yep. And that's an incredible place. You can go and spend three hours with the Lord there. And um, yeah, find what works for you. Find the time. If it's morning, if it's night, if it's midday on your lunch break, find this time to get in prayer with the Lord. Um, so yeah. And then just a little side note on growing intimacy with the Lord is just communication with the Holy Spirit throughout your day. What, what are your thoughts? What are your words throughout the day? You know, you do something wrong at work and you're afraid that there's going to be repercussions from your boss. Like, what, what's your first thoughts? Do you start to get mopey or, you know, down? Or do you say, Lord, help me. God, this is rough. Help me. How do I, how do I move on from here? Like, what is your dialogue? Is it with the Holy Spirit? Or is it to yourself, putting yourself down? Or whatever it is, or just passive thoughts. Be intentional to speak through or to the Holy Spirit. So to close up here, we're going to have the worship team play through a song. 
Um, and we'll spend a minute or two putting to practice some of the things that we heard this morning. Um, we'll probably do like two minutes or so. And be intentional. If there is one of these things, any of it, you know, that came to mind that's like, wow, that's something that I want to grow in. That's something that I want to do better at. That's an area that I really feel like the intimacy with the Lord can be strengthened in. Uh, maybe it's we're spend this minute or two just soaking. Just that receiving heart, like, God, I always come to you with words. I always come with you with many words, but I'm going to take this time, and I'm just going to be silent. I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to allow you to speak to me. That's great if that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to pray Bible scriptures. Maybe there's things that you're going through in life that you're like, I really need breakthrough in this. Find scripture. Find promises of the Lord that speaks directly to that. And spend this minute or two uh, praying those back to the Lord. Saying, God, you said here that you will not leave me nor forsake me. So God, I pray, Lord, that you will not leave me or forsake me in this situation. Spend this time doing that. Maybe you're going to ask the Lord to bring up distractions that you're holding on to. Distractions that you've split your love, divided your love from him to these distractions. Ask him to reveal those to you and ask him to uproot them. Um, it might be hard. There might not even be a desire in you for leaving go some of these. So maybe it comes back to asking the Lord for faith to trust that he's doing a good thing in you as he takes these distractions away. And then maybe it's just praying in your prayer language. Maybe it's worshiping the Lord. Whatever it is that you're feeling challenged in at the moment, out of these ways of growing in intimacy, let's do that for the next minute or two. I'll hop back up um, and close this out in prayer. But yeah, let's go into a time of worship. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.